Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people are more comfortable in, if they've met people, and so just you know, it, the people that do meet with you and want to meet with you probably have a higher probability of wanting of, of wanting to purchase your product. That's why they were engaging that way. But um, if you don't if you don't use the the time well, and and if you're not an expert, and you're not bringing and delivering value to the client, then you're probably not really increasing your odds very much. Um, I, I do think people up-leveled their skills during the pandemic. I think a lot of people took the time to, they, they had a lot of free time, and with that free time, they they up like in sales, they, they up, and, and maybe this, I may be biased on this because of the field sales of people I was talking to, but they had, you know, if, if you had six months to twiddle your thumbs, I think a lot of them did, you know, take some courses, do some learning, invest in themselves, um, and, and become better at their craft. Hi friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Steve Benson. Steve is the founder and CEO of Badger Mapping, which is the number one route planner for field sales. And in our conversation today, we're talking about that thing that so many people thought would disappear forever as a result of the pandemic, namely field sales. It was the great American humorist Mark Twain who once wrote, the report of my death was an exaggeration. And as I learned from Steve, that same appears to be true of field sales. Not only is field sales alive, it appears to be growing again. So in our conversation, we dig into the trends straight from the field that Steve is witnessing with his customers, companies that have some of the largest field sales forces around. So yes, virtual selling is effective and it certainly isn't going away. Whoever's your hero in the conversation today, it would be a mistake to think that customers no longer want that in-person contact with sellers and with vendors. So we get to all that and much, much more. But before we get to Steve, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. And I also want to remind you to check out my latest book, Sell Without Selling Out. It's a modern human-centric framework for establishing your personal sales brand that elevates win rates and shortens decision cycles without using the salesy behaviors that your buyers hate. It's available, available everywhere you shop for books, online, and in stores. All right, let's jump into it. Steve Benson, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's good to be back. Yeah, I mean, lots of changes for you since you were last on the show, because you've been on a few times before, is, is uh, first of all, brand new father. That's Congratulations. right. Congratulations. Thank you. So tell us about that. That's been great. Uh, I have a two-month-old daughter. Um, named? Named Alaya. And Ooh, like uh, yeah, Alaya. And uh we uh, let's see. She's she's growing. A lot of eating. A lot of a lot of sleeping. A lot of uh, a lot of pooping. You know, pooping normal out. normal baby stuff. <laughs> Good. Well, I like that. That's everything's normal then. So yeah, normal normal healthy, happy baby stuff. Mom's healthy. That's great. Yeah. Um, other big changes. Yeah, you were a Bay Area guy. Now you're in Utah. That's right. Yeah. So I during the pandemic, I moved to LA. Well, uh, early in the pandemic, I, uh, I moved to LA, and then uh, then when we got pregnant, well, I, I guess we say we got pregnant. I guess she got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so when when she got pregnant, we were like, well, do we want to stay here? And then we and, and I've got you know Badger has an office in Utah as well, and I was like, uh, 
why don't we go to the Utah office? It'll, it'll be, it'll be, it's a better place for kids. And um, so we ended up here, uh, here in Salt Lake. Wow. Okay. And the transition? Transition uh, is, it, it, I, has been good. Much, you get a lot more house around here. For, you know, we, had a, we had a one bedroom in, uh, in, in L.A. and now we have a whole house uh, here for the same price. But, yeah. uh, but uh, I guess a socially awkward transition because I don't really know anyone here other than people sure. that work for me. So that, that's, you know, <laughs> no friends anymore. And I used to have lots of friends. So I'm, I'm, ta- I'm accepting applications for friends. <laughs> All right. So people in, in the slope areas that are listening to the show, Steve needs a friend. So I mean, at least one or two. I mean, I, I would, I'd be happy with one. I, I, I would <laughs> I would start a new podcast with that theme, but I think Conan O'Brien already does one. It's, you know, Conan needs a friend, I think, is his podcast. So, um, Really? Yeah, yeah. There you go. We'll put that ad. Well, you know, once Elias starts going to school or preschool, then you start meeting all these kids, you know, parents and so on. So There you go. I can lean on her as my social crutch. I don't... <laughs> hey, don't laugh. It's generally what parents do. So, uh, all right. Well, so, yeah, last time you were on was, uh, gosh near the start of the pandemic and yeah i wanted to get your take because what your company does and, and actually i should i should have you tell us what you do first uh is something that's very perhaps potentially impacted by the pandemic so talk mm-hmm. about badge mapping and and your clients and what you do for sure yeah so um we were definitely very impacted by by uh the pandemic because we we help field salespeople. so what badger maps does is we uh, we help field salespeople organize their time, build their their route for the day, the week, um, build, figure out their schedule, figure out which customers to focus on, and the way we basically do that is connecting to their CRM or wherever their customer data lives, and uh, and then we we give them an app on their on their phone and on their computer that they can build out a schedule um, and and do a whole bunch of stuff that's useful for field field salespeople, um, basically save them a bunch of time. Um, so because and, they're field sales people. Well, I was going to say, in doing so, it prioritizes high value accounts and cross sell opportunities that you might be passing by. I mean, just make your day more productive by putting in front of people who are perhaps have an intent to buy. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's classic productivity software, but for a group of people that during the pandemic were heavily impacted field sales people, right? Right. And so, you know, we our, our, uh, our tagline of we'll help you, you know, Sell twenty percent more, get twenty percent more meetings in a day, but um, but drive twenty percent less. It's a great tagline, but when not during a pandemic, <laughs> because because the, you know if, if you sell beer to bars, uh, you, you care about all those things, but not if the bars are closed. So uh, right, right. and a lot of our customers are like main street businesses around the world, right? So it's uh, you know beer to bars and tires to tire stores, medical medical devices to dentist offices, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. This was stuff that was, these were industries that were heavily impacted, especially early in the pandemic. So, all right, we're sort of at this point now, and this is really why I wanted to bring you on and talk about this, is is sort of seeing a light at the end of the tunnel that we're pretty sure it's not a train coming at us anymore, Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, what's the current state you're seeing from your customers of field sales? What, what What are they thinking about it? Because certainly... You and I were talking about just before we started recording is there are lots of prognosticators still to this day who said, A, field sales is going to die, or even today are saying field sales is dead. But 
you're certainly not seeing it that way with your customers. No, yeah, not definitely not. And, and frankly, before the pandemic, we were seeing that, right? Like yeah. we were, I mean, for the last 20 years, people have been saying, oh, e-commerce kills retail, e-commerce kills field sales, inside sales kills field sales. Like, and, you know, I, I think, uh, but certainly during the pandemic, you know, that there was, there were a lot of prognosticators saying, oh, well, what, now that we learn how to do this with, you know, now, now that we learn how to sell stuff w- not without field salespeople, we're never going to do it again. But that's really not what happened. I mean, um, you know, if, if the best way before the pandemic was to sell your, sell your stuff with field salespeople, it's still the best way, very likely. I, 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 I can't even think, of, I can't think of any industries that have, that had that were big into field sales before the pandemic who have who are not anymore that being said we did lose about 40 percent of our customers um dur- like during the beginning of the pandemic but the vast majority of them came back um a lot of times there were individual people that came back with a different company because the company they were at went out of business that there was definitely right. a big sh- a big reshuffling um you know but if if beer was being sold to bars before the pandemic and maybe that distribution company went out of business, but the same rep went to work for the, a new distribution business after the pandemic. So um, now the, I'd say the pandemic really impacted things for field salespeople for um, the first four months. I mean, we really, it, we, and I guess, you know, an, an even cooler way to look at this than, than our revenue was actual usage. So usage just fell off a cliff. So a lot of people right. didn't quit. They just they 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 stopped using the software because we, we can see their their usage. Yeah. And it was really they weren't driving anywhere, right? They weren't driving anywhere, right? So we and they weren't doing any check-ins. They, you know, so we can we can really see what they're doing out there. Um, they weren't building routes, they weren't saving routes. And then but then about f- the, during the summer it eased back in the summer of 2020, it eased back in, field sales started happening again. And then it was an easing back, just depending on the industry and the company and the geography, uh, it, the, the, it, everything eased back for about a year after that. So I'd say about by February, March of 2021, things were back to back to normal from, from a field sales perspective in America. And it depends on where you were in, in the world. Europe had a different timeline. Some things never shut down. And where you were in America was very important too. I mean, right. it, like if you're a field salesperson in San Francisco, it's very different than if you're a field salesperson in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure the local attitudes had a lot to do with it for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but back to the sort of point you made before is, and I'm sure somebody's listening to this is saying, well, that just seems crazy. If you're selling beer to bars, why aren't you doing it via Zoom? Why are you paying a salesperson to go out and do it? Yeah, um, it's it's part of it's competitive. I mean, a lot of in a lot of cases, I think the the way you win business is by building relationships, by mm-hmm. by showing people your product, and, and you and it has to be it's best shown in person. Um, right. A lot of things that you have to try or taste or touch or feel or like, um, a, bar, a, beer? Yeah. like a like a beer is a good example. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. But even in, in just cases where you, you can communicate better in person, right? I think it's it, humans don't pay it nearly as good of attention over over a Zoom as they do if you're sitting in a room with them, mm-hmm. um, and and you don't. It, it, I, I think that the, the, so so I, so I guess yeah, competitive and just like the ability to capture attention, but also it's not that big of an expense. It, like 
if you're if you're a if you're a sales rep that's an inside sales rep and you're covering I don't know Kansas City and there's you know a thousand dentists in Kansas City, if you sit around and call all those dentists all the time, if you take if if you're like routing it efficiently and you're just in the car for ten minutes in between each meeting, but you get way more impactful meetings, mm-hmm. you're actually still only in the car like you know an hour and a half a day, but the meetings are so much more valuable, right? And so I think there you. It, and it's just really hard to get in front of someone like a dentist if you're just trying to email them or get them on a Zoom. And I, people, I, I feel like Zoom was discovered by a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic. Like my mom had never used a video call before, right? right. Like she was like, Stephen, can you show me how to use that? I can't figure out the. Uh, but actually, now, the technology. If your mom is listening to this, is that how she would say her voice sounds? <laughs> she would not, but uh, <laughs> I, I may be exaggerating a little. But trust me, she's not listening. <laughs> she does what? not know. She doesn't really understand what I do. Right. <laughs> but but uh, it, you know, I, I think uh, a, a lot of people they were they really discovered this concept during these times. But I mean. There have been video calls forever. There's been conference calls forever. There's been the ability to share a, a, a presentation with someone forever. There's a reason that's not how we were doing sales in 2019, even though, you know, Zoom and Google Meet and everything Skype. else worked great. Yeah. Skype, they, there's 17 ways to do this. They all work great. There's a reason that's not, that it wasn't the best way then. And, and, uh, you know, it was it was a fine crutch when we couldn't do anything else. But um, like I said, I, don't, I I can't think of one industry that's been like, oh, well, now that we figured out that this exists, when we fired this field sales team or we told them we, to all just work over over Zoom from now on, I, I I don't I I don't have one example of that happen. And we're we're actually we're bigger now than before the pandemic by quite a bit. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. I, I think that, that, yeah, there was this idea, which a, and I'm going to distinguish sort of, you know, sort of the, a lot of the field sales force you work with, or people are almost exclusively in the field yeah. as opposed to traveling to go see customers. Which, we, we sometimes have that like, oh, we fly to this, I'm going to fly to this city next week. So who, what, I'm, but I'd say most of the time they cover a territory, which might be a state, a city, two states, whatever, like mm-hmm. that. Like the things, exactly. the, things like that. But even this idea about traveling, right, is, is there was this genuine acceptance or declaration by various analysts and so on at the start of the pandemic, which was buyers just don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, and sorry, you hear my dog scratching in the background. Uh, is is you know my belief is that you know hey buyers never want to talk to salespeople basically right? Well, um, I, I think they don't want to talk to some salespeople. They want exactly. if 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 a buyer like if a buyer is about to make a you know a purchase decision on my product and they're looking at me and three other things that are similar in this in in the space. There, I, I think almost every time they would, if they're going to, you know, buy it for their their team of two hundred field salespeople and, and spend a hundred grand, 
they would really like me to show up and and and, and talk to them. And, and they, they they want my sales rep to come. They want me to come. And it's not because they want me to buy them a steak dinner, which I'll do. But it's it's because they they want to pick my brain. They want to they they want to get you know they they want to have me expose the chinks in the armor of my of my competitors. They want my competitors to do the same for us. They want to they want. They want to reduce their risk by knowing someone and, and, and being able to ask them the hard questions. And, and, they, and, you know, we, you know, we're often the salesperson is the expert in this, in their space. And, yeah. and you want to be close to that person. If, if you're about to make a big purchase and you don't want to screw it up and you want to keep your job, you want to, you want to get all the questions answered and you do that by knowing the person. Well, or exactly. I mean, if there's an element of risk associated with it then the propensity to want to actually talk to a salesperson goes up a lot. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And maybe and, there's certain products that have zero risk, but for most cases, if, if there's a decision to be made at all, I mean, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, if, if you're buying, if you're buying social, like Google doesn't really have a field sales force, right? Because they just are the one way into the internet. And you know, they, right. if you, if you'd like to buy the Google ads, you're going to buy the Google ads from them. So they don't have to, and, and it's not that risky a decision. You know, the Google ads work and you know what you're getting. Like, you know, it's, but for most things, there's a decision you're trying to say, decide, Hey, do I want, do I want the Ford or the Chevy? You know, it, it, most things have competitors and, and there's yeah. some level of risk. There's some level of fit markets are segmented. You know, you got to make the right choice for you. Yeah. Well, I think this this idea is if there's that you know it's this new generation of buyers that doesn't want to talk to the salespeople. To your point, if you're a salesperson, you help them get their job done. They want to talk to you if you can help them. If you can ask them questions they don't think to ask themselves that help them make better decisions. They want that. Um, and to your point about risk is if there's risk associated with it from a company standpoint or a personal standpoint, career standpoint, you're going to want to talk to a salesperson. Yeah, and and the industries where there's no risk or it's that easy of a purchase, I think it it just it's already on. It, that, those are the places where it's already online. Like if it can, exactly. if it's just if I'm buying a, a you know something that I could just buy from Amazon, I I already bought it over Amazon. I don't need to talk to anybody about it. And I think we know what those products are, right? Yeah. Well, and if the channel adds no value, then people will buy from the channel that adds the least cost to the transaction. So right, <laughs> pretty simple, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I'm seeing this in the conversations I'm having that that customers want to see salespeople again. Yeah, I, I think they always wanted to. I think a lot of stuff just wasn't happening during the pandemic. And the well, yeah, I think there's this uh, commentator class that wants you to believe that. Oh no, CFOs don't want people to travel because they want to harvest the savings from travel to you know accrue to the bottom line it's like yeah if you're in a competitive situation and your competitor is going out and meeting with your your prospect and you're not you're gonna lose you're, you're gonna lose like every time <laughs> like that's why i mean it's it's it, if you don't show up you're dead i mean yeah, like this, this, this is true this is true before the pandemic though too i mean we're speaking to a group of, of sales leaders at an event and saying okay you know who travels to close a deal? Yeah, so you know, let's say you're, let's say the contract value is uh, over a hundred thousand or over two hundred thousand. Who travels? hundred percent. Well, very no. Surprisingly, almost no one raised their hand. And I was like, oh, 
Well, you got to be thankful I'm not competing against you because I would go see them and I would win every single deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's wild. I mean, and maybe it's, I may be biased because of the people that I, the sales leaders that I talk to and see, but like, and it's just, it's, uh, you know, the people that are buying Badger Maps are, they, they, they're out there pounding the pavement and getting deals done. I mean, I think maybe, but then, you know, we don't have customers in industries like software, right? Cause that is sold primarily online as software prices have fallen. And, you know, I, I, I sort of my career as a, as a field salesperson in software, there's, I think there's less, in, there's less of that. It still exists, but so, so well, much software is inexpensive, I think is the. Yeah. But even then, if it's a big enough deal. You show you know, up. Yeah. Sure. Cut on freaking plane I, and go see people. I, Mark, Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce. He shows up on planes to meet with and close deals with big customers. Like yep. they, I mean, not, not just the salesperson, but the, the executive yep. gets in a plane for sure. So has there been anything sort of that's, that's transpired as with regard to field sales, you know, during the pandemic and so on that sort of surprised you? Other than the fact you said your revenues are larger now than they were before, but uh, mm -hmm. anything else? Surprised me. That's a good question. Um, I, w I, I think um, I'm surprised at how different, how, how different things came back in different places at different rates. Like we could see like California, not a lot going on and, and Miami or Florida, like it was like nothing had happened uh, very early on. Um, and we can see that in our data. And that, that was surprising because, you know, you would think that everyone would interpret the same set of facts the same way, but, <laughs> but there, there was a larger issue. I think we have. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was very people interpreted and acted very differently on the on the same set of facts here, which surprised me. Yeah. Oh, well, I said I think that's just a larger problem we have. Uh, yeah, in our society in general these days, right? Um, yeah, well, I think that, that hopefully, and I wonder if you're seeing this, is that people are using using travel, using the time in front of customers more intelligently. Yeah, there was certainly always been this this trend, this trend with uh, discouraging my canine companion from <laughs> itching themselves all throughout the interview. Um, it's flea season. <laughs> Yeah, she hasn't been doing it until just the last thirty minutes. Um, so you can stop. Is 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 using travel and using time in front of customers more intelligently, right? Is is I remember having a conversation with someone. Oh, I think it's right after the start of the pandemic, but they're talking about this trend. Is that you know? So for many salespeople, the purpose of like a call, you know, a phone call or a Zoom call was to be able to meet the customer in person, but not with really a plan as to, okay, sure, they're gonna give you some of their time, but are you gonna use it in a way that actually helps them move their decision forward? It's like the, it's like the, the in-person meeting became a, a goal in and of itself as if that was a benchmark, right? Oh, if we can meet the customer in person, our odds of getting the deal go up. And, and I don't think the data supported that at all. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think a lot of people are more comfortable, and if they've met people, and so just you know, and pe the people that do meet with you and want to meet with you probably have a higher probability of wanting of, of wanting to purchase your product. That's why they were engaging that way. But um, if you don't, 
if you don't use the, the time well and, and if you're not an expert and you're not bringing and delivering value to the client, then you're probably not really increasing your odds very much. Um, right. I, I do think people up-leveled their skills during the pandemic. I think a lot of people took the time to, they, they had a lot of free time and with that free time, they, they up like in sales, they, they up, and maybe this, I may be biased on this because of the field sales of people I was talking to, but they had, right. you know, if, if you had six months to twiddle your thumbs, I think a lot of them did, you know, take some courses, do some learning, invest in themselves, um, and, and become better at their craft. Huh? That's really interesting. Cause I, I hadn't, you're the first person I've talked to that's, that's talked about that. Well, and you know, I I talk to a lot of sales leaders. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I'm not a sales leader myself. You know, you, I'm not. A, you can't hire me to consult or teach you anything. <laughs> but but the people, the, like I think we could. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but the 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 uh, I've already got my hands full. <laughs> but but uh, the you know, I, I on my podcast and and just in, through through business, I. I interact with a lot of people who are sales specialists and experts. Mm -hmm. They were booked. Like they, they, they were all, they were, they were doing a ton of trainings Mm because people were trying to keep their teams engaged. They were trying to keep their, uh, you use the time to get better, figure out like, Hey, we're, we are so screwed right now. We've got to, we've got to get sales up. Maybe we should teach the salespeople how to deal with this new environment. So that like a, a lot of, a lot of sales thought leaders, um, and maybe not all of them, but a lot of them um, really got, got had a lot to do during the during these times yeah. because they, they they were doing a lot of training. So I think people a lot people did sharpen the sword. They learned. They were they had the time to invest. Their companies were willing to bring the bring experts in to have things be taught. So, so well, question then is 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 just sort of start heading toward the end of the time together. Is is all right? We're <laughs> so double whammy, right? We just came out of the pandemic and now we're heading into a recession. Um, you know, what should, what should sales leaders really be thinking about or CEOs even um, from a revenue perspective? What should they, what plan should they be thinking about? You know, what to insulate themselves as much as possible or inoculate themselves in terms of, you know, how do we, how do we gain market share if possible? You know, how do we sell more effectively, win a higher fraction of our opportunities and so on in the coming environment? Well, I, I think it probably depends on their industry, but I think that, uh, you know, if we, we, it's, it's been choppy seas out there, right? Like mm-hmm. there was, there was a pandemic period. There was a coming out of a pandemic period. Uh, we are likely entering into a, into a recession or at, at the very least we're, we're there's, there's economic well, I mean, headwinds. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of things that you can do to, to respond to that depending on what your industry is and what your particular challenges are. You, you can take a look at the different KPIs that you're using and make sure that they're appropriate ones for your team in this new environment. If, if due to the recession or, or the economic pressure, you're experiencing margin compression, there are things that you can do there by you know looking at uh, looking at the the way you compensate your reps. Are you doing it on margin or are you doing it on top line? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think you can work on your messaging. Your messaging might have to change during during difficult economic economic times. Ours certainly did. Um, you know, that was a that's you know I think is if you're if 
and I guess it's kind of applied for us for would, would apply for us for a recession or for or for uh, for 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 COVID times. You, know, you, you you if things are challenging, if you if you if you're if you're experiencing headwinds. And, and your customers are experiencing these types of headwinds, you might need to change your messaging from will help you do better, which is messaging you see everywhere, right? Like it's always, right. you know, and, and that works in a good, in a, in a good economy, like, you know, for right. it, you need to change from that to something more like we will help you do more with less. So you have less, but we'll help you, we'll help you get more done. And let me show you how, and you know, it, you got to show them how much, how you're going to do that. And what is it more, is it more dollars? Mm-hmm. Could be more money. Could be more manpower. Could be, um, they have less resources. You'll show you how to, we'll show you how to use them more efficiently. Depends on your industry. Right. But right. you know, for, for us, when, when it, in 2019, our message was, we'll help you sell 20% more with your field sales team. Like if mm-hmm. you boiled down our message, that's, you know, whether they'll get 20% more meetings, we, we, we talk about it in different ways. Like, well, you'll drive 20% less, you'll get 20% more meetings. We'll help you do better, right? In yeah. the downtime, when, when, when COVID hit, and, and certainly now, um, our messaging is much more around with Badger Maps, your outside sales team can generate the same revenue, even though your team is 20% smaller. And there's a huge difference between those two messages. They they're saying very mm-hmm. similar things if you if you really zoom in on them, but one resonates with someone in a down economy way better. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the challenge for for sales teams initially just you know, sort of conceptually think about it, and it's certainly been the case in past recessions I've sold through is is you know sort of instantly you have let's say the same number of competitors competing for a smaller pool of dollars and in that environment yeah how do you stand out and to me that becomes like the first challenge right is is suddenly the swimming pool smaller and yet the same number of people want to jump into it um, and they may be desperate right they may be a drowning man in that swimming pool like you, your your competitors when desperate will be, will do desperate things right they might deeply yeah. discount their product they may liquidate their inventory they may give away free consulting or it, they'll do a lot of things to try to steal your customer or win a win a, a head-to-head deal um, that they wouldn't have done if if they were in in good in, in, a, in a good place well but those things are are visible to customers though too right if, if you're coming in and you are approaching the customers you talked about before you know we're here to help you better understand your problem perhaps give you some ideas about what you might be able to achieve that you hadn't thought about on your own to provide that level of value you'll be in better shape doesn't mean there won't be some customers that won't just take the discount but Mm -hmm. it depends on the on what it is right like if it's software maybe you know there's a big difference between crappy software and good software if it's coal maybe all coal is very similar if it's you know if it's cloth maybe there's good cloth and crappy cloth but if it's uh you know i don't know there's only good beer though right there's (laughs) (laughs) no there's great beer beer. and good beer there's no bad beer only great and good Um, (laughs) yeah i think anything that has fruit flavors in it to me is just like that's not that's bad beer to me i just but but is it good enough to drink if that's all you had uh, it's close. I was just accidentally bought some a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't think I had like 
tangerine flavor or some you know flavors in it. And I was just like, yeah, sorry, can't do it. But, <laughs> but you could just you could just drive to the to the store again though. But it's good enough that if you were like if that's what you brought on a camping trip and that's all you were gonna get, oh, then you probably drink it. Sure, it right. would it would be good enough. <laughs> well, I'm fortunate where I'm we live in San Diego. I've got like. Uh, five tasting brewery tasting rooms within about five block radius. So yeah, I can get replacements pretty quickly. There you go. So There you go. All right. Well, Steve, well, thank you for joining me again and uh, congratulations on Alaya. That's very exciting. Thank you. It's, a, it's an exciting time. <laughs> it is an exciting time. So uh, if people want to learn more about badger mapping, how should they do that? Um, I mean, I, I guess uh, our website is a great place to get the details on that. Um, so just go to just Google Badger Maps, you'll find us. And uh, if you're looking for me, um, just uh, on LinkedIn is probably the best way to find me. Uh, just look Stephen Benson and Badger Maps into the search bar and you'll find me. Perfect. All right, Steve, thanks. Thank you. Take care, Andy. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I am so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Steve Benson, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for that. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. <laughs>